This is Nuance Radio. Oh. <laughs> that number was so big, my, my mind went blank. <laughs> Fifteen zeros Nuance Radio invites you to join the conversation that has come to be known as One Bloke Went to Mo. Welcome, welcome to One Bloke Went to Mo. With me um, again is Victoria. Victoria, hi. Hello. It is a Friday evening, but hopefully you'll be listening to this on a Sunday, kicking back, thinking about uh, Convention Week, apparently. It's coming up. The uh, week at the uh, Civic Center. I don't know what's going on, but the because uh, I haven't paid for the West Plains Quill yet, so I could only read the first paragraph. But apparently, the mayor said that this week is convention. Uh, no, uh, Constitution Week. Constitution Week. Yes, Constitution I week. did see That's about it. that. So yeah. We're going to do a thing with Constitution Week, and we have like. So we're going to be getting a new Constitution. Is that right? Or what, what is a Constitution? <laughs> you, know, you have to explain Our to the Brits what. A, <laughs> Because we have an unwritten com- constitution. An Did you know that? Unwritten constitution. <laughs> yes. No, honestly, my history classes have failed me significantly. <laughs> so yeah. Um, in other news, um, local news, this is uh, the old one hundred and sixty that um, uh, runs just down the end of my road mm-hmm. um, has been is 35 mile an hour speed limit. I just want to make that as a public announcement because uh, they've been doing roadworks on 160 currently and everyone's been ducking around the old 160, uh, which is now like a um, a residential street, you know? And everyone's been driving like 50 miles an hour down it uh, in huge convoys and I've been stuck at the end of my lane not able to get out. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing a lot of road work in the area, which I do like. I, I, it looks great. Yes, yeah. it does. We've got those um, like cat-sized things now on the road. Yeah, I like those. Yeah, they're really um, cool. So you guys don't have a uh, actual written constitution? No, no, not a written one, no. <laughs> okay. Um, well, according to the West Plains website, like Mayor Signs Constitution Week Proclamation, uh Topliff was joined by a local chapter of the Daughters of the American Revolution, or DAR, and has signed a proclamation honoring Constitution Week. Um, it's annually celebrated September 17th through the 23rd. Uh, this celebration started, let's see, over 60 years ago by the Daughters of the Re- American Revolution. In 1955, they petitioned Congress to set aside September 17th and 23rd annually to be dedicated for the observance of Constitution Week. The resolution was later adopted by the U.S. Congress and signed into public law on August 2nd, 1956 by Dwight D. Eisenhower. Awesome. Yeah, so... So that means we have to spend the week reading the Constitution, right? I mean, why not? I mean, you know... It'd be good to familiarize yourself with uh, very important uh, historical documentation that really defines a lot of this country. Yeah. Well, I find, you know, talking to people that um, people are really strong on one through five. And then after that, it gets a bit hazy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. They probably weren't taking into account people in modern day would be like, 
but they didn't put the word and in here or something like that when they were probably assuming when they wrote it that people would understand. Hmm. But, uh, well, yeah. Or maybe understand the word, uh, the definition of well-regulated. Yes. <laughs> Understanding what regulation means. <laughs> Um, okay, so some housekeeping. Uh, we've got an email. I don't know if Ooh, I mentioned that. No. And a website. Yes, uh, the website is nuanceradio.com, nuance-radio.com. And the email is media at nuanceradio.com with the hyphen there in between nuance and radio. Fantastic. Uh, we've also got a Facebook page. Um, if you're listening to this, you may be listening on Anchor or Spotify or Google Podcasts. Um, apparently, it's going to take a couple of weeks to get on Apple. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, they like you to have like three episodes out and okay. see your consistency, I guess. Okay. Uh, but uh, I registered with them. so uh, Good deal, good deal. I'll... Once that comes out, we'll let you know. And, uh, you know, a big thanks to everyone that listened to the first podcast, you know, um, really quite unexpected, uh, how many people, you know, took an hour out of their day to listen and uh, has some really positive feedback. Uh, I deeply appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was just glad that, you know, um, I, I was used to using Pro Tools, uh, for audio editing. I did that in the studio back in the day and, um, I lost the subscription now and it's become really expensive to get it. So I went with Cubase and that's like Pro Tools, but um, all the all the keys are different. Oh, so, no. Like all the keyboard shortcuts are different. So it's like, like half to... of Saturday was spent like trying to learn how to do things that I knew I could do. I just didn't know how to do them. Most so. Saturdays, like looking up YouTube videos, like how to adjust sound quality. Oh, no. This is simple things like, you know, how to cut, splice a region and move it and uh, create a new track. And, simple. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know simple how to stuff. do that. <laughs> and, and fading in and out and stuff it's like that. It's not my skill set, but it sounded great. So. Yes, it's a lot of fun once you know uh, what the keys do. So um, coming up in the show today, uh, Victoria is going to handle mushrooms, um, not literally, but uh, handle the topic of mushrooms. And uh, I am going to talk about inflation. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pick your favorite poison, inflation or mushrooms. Both will kill you. <laughs> so, yes. Um, now... I don't know why, you know, I did a business degree, right? And uh, one of the topics was economics. And honestly, I didn't like it when I took it because um, it always seemed so simple, right? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I know that, um, you know, uh, I can use economics, you know, to put people to sleep. I do. I realize this. And... I don't know if there really is a way of making the subject interesting, but what used to bug me, um, and this is back in 1988, right? Okay. Um, was that after every explanation of supply and demand and or whatever the graph was, it would always say at the bottom, if all of the variables remain equal, and if there's perfect knowledge in the marketplace, oh, <laughs> and I just remember thinking standards. those two things are never. 
That's... <laughs> Those are such huge assumptions, you know. But I, it's been interesting to watch over the last sort of 40 years the progression into behavioral economics, you know, where we realize that humans don't act like robots with their money. They're mm -hmm. very passionate. And they will spend outrageous amounts of money on weddings, for example, and and then really worry about, you know, a $10 difference on say a microwave or something yeah. right i'm so glad you said that because mm -hmm. this week i actually saw a, an image and uh i guess you could call it a meme but it wasn't it was from a uh oh which businessman was it i can't remember his name i'm sure somebody would know and yell at me mm -hmm. in a comment section mm -hmm. um he said if you don't control your emotions you can't control your money mm-hmm um, or if you let your emotions control you, you can't control your money to that extent right there. And mm -hmm. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. That's why people, um, buy, you know, fast food when they're unhappy. And, you know, I get it that you get that, the feel good rush of, Hey, I got what I wanted. Um, why it's a bad idea to go grocery shopping when you're, um, hungry. Never did right? that. I did that <laughs> a few times. I've learned my lesson. I eat before I go shopping, but yeah, humans are not robots. No. They they no. feel whenever they are just like, man, I'm having a bad day. I'm going to go buy something. Or my favorite example, right, and this is, I, I love uh, the Freakonomics podcast. And uh, one of the examples they gave was you buy, you know, a couple of tickets, 20 bucks. Um, you get on the train to, to get to the theater. And on the way, you lose the tickets. And then there's this resentment about having to buy the tickets again, right? Because you already bought them. Yeah. And yet if you had bought the tickets but just lost a $20 note on the train, you still got the tickets. You're still going to go to the theater, right? There's, so people hate paying for something twice. That would be me. <laughs> that is and, me. I hate paying for something twice. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of things like that, you know. Um, as a real estate agent, uh, sadly, you know, it was proven that – a lot of real estate agents sell the house for more than what they sell their customers' houses for, right? Because as real estate agents, you know, they know to be patient and wait for all the bids to come in and not right, not jump at the first one that they that they get. Yeah, they see a big, you know? like a, a customer will see like a, a big number and be like, wow, and the agent's like, stop, it can be better. But, you know, the incentive for the agent when he's helping a customer is often, you know, let's, let's get this sale, you know. Oh, you got an offer? Great, let's, let's, let's take it. Let's close now. Right. <laughs> Instead of maybe waiting a little bit more. So, um, yeah, so there's those factors that crept into... Uh, economics and then the latest thing like when I quit my job back in uh, 2008 um, partly because I saw the recession coming um, I wanted to take some time off and travel around and I was going to go home to England and that was going to be the end of my travels um, and I learned I had all this free time so I started reading the internet and pretty much got to the end of it and <laughs> <laughs> um, discovered sorry. this thing called modern money and discovered that for example you know, um, the bank doesn't have to have savings in its vault mm -mm. to lend you money. Mm -mm. When they lend you money, they just borrow it from the Federal Reserve. <clears throat> so, you know, that's a myth that a lot of people still believe, right? That if the bank doesn't have savings, that it can't lend them money. That's not true. So 
when you get a mortgage or a loan, that is new money being created. And it's the same for the federal government. You know, when it spends money, it's creating new money. And this, I don't know, I guess when it comes to inflation, what I worry about the most is our leaders and people in the media still will almost create a lot of anxiety around inflation, right? So recently we saw what happened, right? We had a pandemic. <clears throat> a lot of the supply lines were affected. Yep. Couldn't get um, microprocessors. And so they couldn't make new cars. And then suddenly the secondhand car market skyrocketed as a result of that. Throw in protests from truckers, which I feel like they're kind of validated, but that's a red flag opinion right there. <laughs> red flag. Victoria's going to have the red flags. <laughs> but, um, you know, and then the, the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, uh, you saw the futures market for oil just skyrocket again because they knew that, well, you know, um, that was going to affect global supply. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of fear crept into the market and, um, you know, so they, you know, the cartel over in, in the Middle East put up the, the 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 price of oil, and then we had to pay for it. You know, at the at the, at the pump. So, I don't know. But what I worry about more is um, our elected leaders using inflation to scare people, because what happens then is you can get into this terrible cycle of people thinking that there's going to be more inflation. And so retailers putting up their prices, people putting up their cost of services in anticipation of more inflation. And then you just get, you know, if you're not careful, it can go crazy, you know? Yes. So I just want people to calm down for a bit and, you know, recognize that, yes, oil actually is the main culprit in all of this, right? Because it, it, it underlies so much. I mean, you think about farming, you know, they need diesel for the tractors and then you need diesel for the trucks that get all the food to us. So, yes, food prices go up, but it's because oil went up. And most of the stuff in this room, even though it's not, you know, gas, it is a petroleum product. There's a lot of, yes, as we said last week, yeah, mm -hmm. there's a lot of plastic products out there. Yeah, yeah. the varnish that's on that uh, guitar over there has petroleum base in it too good point good point there's a lot of a lot of products but um yeah i just and and the other thing is then we're using you know congress you know has the power of the purse right this is the other thing that annoys me they um they have ceded their authority to the federal reserve and said okay if we get inflation um you guys handle it and for the Fed, it's like, well, they've got two, two, two things they can do. They can raise or lower interest rates, um, or they can do that quantitative easing thing, which is basically buying back um, government bonds. And, but it has a very tiny effect, quantitative easing, and they have to buy trillions worth of bonds to make any substantial difference. So... Uh, and all they're doing when they do that is transferring the ownership of that debt from something that bears interest uh, to basically a reserve account that doesn't. So yeah. they're only saving on the interest that they pay the people that hold the bonds. Yeah. 
I want to hit on something real quick that you said that yeah. stuck out to me. Okay. That is a good little psychology fact right there. When you said people are being scared and, you know, people aren't thinking. You know, you can't learn or reason or teach someone or something, animals included, when there's fear involved. Your brain cannot learn something new or reason in that situation. So if somebody is scared... You can't teach them a new skill. So, like, if I'm scared of something in the room, it would be a hard time for you to teach me how to, like I mentioned the guitar, to play guitar. I would not be able to learn, especially if you're even scared of the guitar. That's a very basic example right there. I don't know anyone who's scared of guitars, but I'm sure it's out there. Um, So, if you have the mass of people afraid of getting sick, money, um, more inflation, being able to maintain a job and war and everything like that, they're not going to be able to think critically. So I have my thoughts that that's being done on purpose because if you can't think critically, you can't criticize the ones doing it. (laughs) If if I make sense right there. Um, I'm with you, yes, because as you probably know, I'm, uh, or maybe I haven't said this, but I'm, I'm kind of in favor of either a universal, not necessarily a basic income, but uh, like a dividend of sorts, right? Um, enough so that people don't go starving, right? Maybe, yeah. maybe not a thousand a month, maybe it's just 500 a month, you know, but they could, you know, they, at least they're not going to starve and they can probably, you know, uh, get together with a few friends and rent an apartment, if something I, like that. If right? I personally got 500 a month, I'd be fine. I'd be good. <laughs> I'm by no means well off or wealthy, but 500 a month, I'd be fine. I don't need anything else. So, but one, one of the things that they found in studies for basic income like that is that it takes away the anxiety that you were talking about mm-hmm. and then actually enables people to make... Uh, longer term decisions instead of short ones you know um, maybe start cooking instead of getting uh, takeout you know um, but you know for which you have to plan um, uh, also enables people to get childcare, which is another reason why something like child care is so expensive for, it's something like 40 you know so 320 million people about 160 of them are working um but there's another, I think I heard today, another 14 or 20 million people who would work if they could get someone to either look after their kids or their grandparents. Yeah, child care and um, elderly parent care. That mm-hmm. is really a hard thing right there. And mm-hmm. I am on the uh, category for one of those. Well, so. I think we all felt it during the pandemic, you know, that, that very first lockdown in, yeah. in 20. Well, I worked at Walmart, so they didn't stop for nothing. <laughs> no they didn't did they, they don't stop <laughs> you found so, out you were an essential worker uh, walmart does not care <laughs> and i'm not saying that to bash walmart i'm saying it in a humorous way to be honest mm-hmm. um i enjoyed my co-workers there it was ridiculous um yeah they, they were just like no get back to work <laughs> yeah they don't stop do they oh is it one day off a year walmart isn't it 
Are they closed on Christmas they're, Day? They're closed on two days. Two days. What's the other day? Thanksgiving Day. Oh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> and Christmas Day. That's right. Day. They're not closed on the 4th of J- July, are they? No. Well, no. It's like, buy food from us for your <laughs> barbecues. Do it now. <laughs> But um, all right, so but to wrap, okay, <laughs> to, to wrap up the inflation thing, all right, not to bore people too much. So you're asking the Fed to raise interest rates, which means that your you know your credit card interest rate is going to go up at some mm-hmm. point. Uh, Costs of getting mortgages, you know, so fewer people buy houses. Um, investors, you know, if they get a loan for anything that they're doing, that's going to be more expensive. So um, fewer people invest and fewer people spent right so it handles inflation on a short-term basis by making people poorer or even putting people out of work or by not create you know by creating an unemployment through you know uh lowering investment right which i just think is wrong i think it's just fundamentally wrong and the more you look into uh, this you know modern money you realize that a country like America that has a fiat currency, right? It's not tied to gold anymore. Mm-hmm. The money is just like a score scorecard, right? Your national debt really is no more than savings, uh, treasury savings bonds, right? So it's basically money that hasn't been taxed yet. And they don't want to have it out there in the public because everyone will be too rich and Ooh, that this would cause inflation, right? You can't so, have people be happy and comfortable. So the, so the best way to control inflation is through taxation. But it's such an ugly word. It is an ugly word. And people hate it so much. Stop saying it. <laughs> that, but my point is, you know, did, okay, so your GDP is what? 22 trillion, right? Your national yeah. debt is 29 trillion. In the economy last, okay, in the economy in 2016, there was $5,000 trillion, $5,000 trillion in circulation, in, in payments that were made for the whole, entire year, okay. right? So all transactions uh, totaled uh, $5,000 trillion. Last year, it was up to $7,000 right? If you could put a micro transaction tax on that at like one-tenth of one percent, so like $1 in every thousand, mm-hmm. and that would pay for your national budget of five trillion a year and you could get rid of income tax sales tax property tax everything and this was uh, right so there was this guy called uh, scott smith mm-hmm. who ran for president in 2016 you probably didn't hear here about no, him. I didn't. he was one of the 11 people that ran okay. <laughs> and, and he came up with this idea he was a banker uh, originally how do you and, want somebody uh, to fix your money issue hire somebody who specializes okay. in it but you think all right seven thousand trillion right that's a lot of zeros that's like uh what is it nine zeros something like that. Enough. Um, is it, no six twelve uh, fifteen it's fifteen zeros we're adults we know numbers <laughs> so um okay i want I, 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 I to wrap it up by, by saying yes i love talking about this stuff if you like talking about this stuff um send us an email i want to talk to you <laughs> okay yes, and maybe especially if you've had some experience in banking or finance that'd be great because i'm i'm not a financial advisor i'm not a lawyer i'm just a simple real estate guy <laughs> and and i'm and i'm here um <laughs> so my dad is extremely uh well studied on how the federal reserve and country functions mm-hmm uh, he's dedicated many a year to 
studying it, personal study, private study. Oh. So he would go with, you know, regular book knowledge that most everybody has access to. And then he'll take sections of it and figure out, well, why does it say that? Why does that work with this? How did they get there? There. I can speak. Um, so he has a mm. lot of very good information on it. Ooh, very interesting. So okay. much. He has names, dates, places, all kinds of good stuff. Interesting. So if I need to pick, I'll just go to him and be like, what's this? <laughs> Tell me. Does he help you do your taxes? No, I do my own taxes. Good for you. He doesn't have to do taxes. He's mm -hmm. That's part of the thing that I've found very interesting is that um, maybe only a few people listening to this will understand what I'm saying when I say that he owns himself. Um, yeah, that's that's like a deep conversation right there. That's a whole, probably a whole nother uh, episode of this. Because oh, this isn't a financial thing then? It kind of is. Oh. He doesn't have to pay oh. taxes. Um, and technically, if he wanted to put up a fight at any business he could not pay any of the taxes but that's too much hassle so he just doesn't deal with certain ones very interesting yes more Can't more on this in yes future more on episodes. that in a future episode and i get all of my ducks in a row and i'm not <laughs> babbling <laughs> Any other local news? Uh, I believe there's some bluegrass stuff going on. Um, cool. I saw I saw an article posted that there's going to be a fair. I don't know how close it is to West Plains. It might be closer to Springfield, but Heart of the Ozarks Fair. Mm -hmm. I believe those are coming up. Uh, there was, you mentioned uh, speeding and whatnot. Uh, there's not enough information that I found from the West Plains Police Department, but there was an incident involving two semis. Oh, no. Yeah, that was backed up pretty bad, and yeah. uh, they were flipped or rolled or on their side. They pretty was well, pretty bad accident. Um, other than that, been kind of quiet. It has been quiet, yeah. I was looking at the Lydney news, and there's, there's almost no news. There's news from Gloucester and Bristol, the big cities nearby, but not really much going on yeah. in Lydney at the moment. Oh, I know why. The full moon is done. Everybody was acting crazy, uh -huh. and now the full moon is, like, waning, and or is gone, I don't know, is waning. So everybody's done being crazy. Mm. Yes. Oh, there was one piece of news from the, from the Forest of Dean, not Lydney. So up in Cinderford that we talked about last week, they finally got a Tesco's uh, grocery store. Do you know Tesco's? I've heard of they're, Tesco. They're kind of like Walmart over in the UK. You know? Walmart Tesco. They're one okay. of the big one of the big ones. And uh, I find it forest. I find it funny because in the newspaper it said the Forest of Dean got its first Tesco's this week. <laughs> now there's been a Tesco's in Lydney for uh, well since 2006. Okay. Um, but there's this big big thing that I suddenly remembered about the Forest of Dean is. The people in Cinderford and Colford don't really count Lydney as part of the Forest of Dean. 
We don't talk to them. There's not enough trees, you know, it's like, well, no, the trees stop at, you know, Bream and uh, (laughs) the little villages around Lydney. And it's not really part of the forest. Like, you don't count. (laughs) Okay. Go away. (laughs) I mean, we're talking about, you know, nine nine miles from, you know, Lydney to Colford and then I think another five. Like, Probably, you know, the space of about 15 within 20 miles right which just a when, little when I bigger say that, than missouri is what we're talking about as far as land mass here I if know, any of y'all need a visual idea it's a little bit bigger than so, missouri like, from, from west plains to 142 that kind of distance and they're like no you're, you're not you don't have enough trees you're not you're, you're not one of us that's like uh what is it cornwall not wanting to associate with um sheffield or something like that no, I mean, it's more like, um, didn't you say you'd been to someone near Sheffield? No, I haven't. No, you haven't? No. Um, uh, what in would be area, a good example? I, I, know, I know where Sheffield is. No, it'd be, it'd be almost like, let's go into London, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it'd almost be like uh, Arsenal and Chelsea, something like that, or... Arsenal and Tottenham, you know, which are boroughs that are right next to each other, you know, within 20 miles, I'm talking, you know, and they're like, no, you're not one of us. You don't count. <laughs> anyway, they got their Tesco's this week. I'm very happy for them. It's, okay. uh, it's taken many years of campaigning. Apparently 20 years they've been wanting a Tesco's. Jeez, I'll know. have to look up Tesco's to see what they look like on the inside. You know. All right, cool. It is what it is. <laughs> um. Oh, the other thing I saw on the 21st of September down in uh, Osby, you know, Osby in downtown, the uh, like the business incubator yeah, place. Yeah. Yeah. They're having a lunch uh, from 11.30 to 2 on the 21st, uh, maintaining mind share, which is the art and science of getting and keeping attention. So I think it's about marketing. Okay. Um, you know, initially I thought it was about you know, how to help people with ADHD, but it's not. It's it's probably about how to get the attention of someone with the ADHD and get them to keep on paying attention to you um, either where with your marketing or, you know, maybe if you're speaking to someone. Okay. Um, anyway, or somebody who does have ADHD. It looks interesting. Again, I wasn't able to see all the details, but uh, I saw the, the headline. Hmm. All right. Hmm. Yeah. Cool deal. So what, what, what can you tell us about mushrooms? Well, from the stuff that I learned, there's um, a very, very big amount of mushroom information that I did not know prior. Um, the fact that people are going to hate me for saying it either way, fungi or fungi. The professional called it a fungi, so I'm just going to go that GIF, route. You yeah. know, we're in that age. Yeah, so I'm just going to call it a, a fungi right now. Mm-hmm. I can hear the hate. Um Apparently, they are responsible for decomposing 90% of wild plant material. I believe it. Um, I believe it. It's absolutely amazing. I had no idea. I thought it was just regular decomposition or mm-hmm. whatever have you, rot. Mm-hmm. No, the... Mycelium? Yeah, the mycelium. Mm-hmm. They're responsible for breaking all that down. Yeah. I, you know, worms and other critters kind of help along with that. Sure, sure. Um. And that most of the plants that they're helping break down require a fungal partner to exist. Oh. 
Yeah, um, in order to survive, a lot of plants need a fungal partner that you will probably never see. Mm. Um, and it's just absolutely fascinating. The number of species in Missouri alone is just like hundreds. Mm-hmm. And some of them we may not even know about because they may fruit so fast and decompose so quickly, like the inky caps. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen one of those? I think so. Yeah, they just pop up their little brown mushrooms, and then mm-hmm. they just, like, yeah. melt yeah. if you look at them too hard. Um, See, now, I, if, sorry to interject, but this yeah. makes sense because <clears throat> in the formation of the earth, right, before mm-hmm. plants came along, it was mycelium, right? That was the first thing that it really everywhere. S- started to, you know, create soil, essentially, and break down rock. And <clears throat> yeah, it, It's very... Um, so that makes sense, yeah. And it would make sense that there's hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of species because it's like the oldest living thing on Earth. The 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 weird little fungus or whatever it is, I cannot remember. It's yellow. You can find videos of it on YouTube where it moves and crawls around. It's just like an active moving one. Mm. It might be a type of mold, actually. Mm-hmm. They're cousins. Oh, um, I wondered. So, like moths and, bat- like moths and bat- butterflies. Yeah, they're cousins enough. Um mm. So, yeah, they need a, a fungal partner to survive. Um, and in Missouri, I know you can wild forage for mushrooms most of the year. Some mm-hmm. of them aren't food quality. Mm-hmm. Some can be more like medicinal. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the ones that are poisonous, which I'm just going to go ahead and say this right now. Don't eat mushrooms just because you heard us talking about it if you don't 100% know what it is. We are not taking liability for this. <laughs> I'm not telling you to do this. <laughs> um, yeah, never uh, eat them unless you're 100% sure. Uh, even if you are 100% sure, you always cook wild mushrooms because you don't know what could be living on it. Mm. Um, then double check. And if you are harvesting them from the wild, leave some behind so the spores can drop and they can keep reproducing you can come back year after year right um don't over harvest them and respect each type of mushroom especially our uh our lovely poisonous ones that live in missouri mm-hmm. uh, anything in the amanita family a uh, particular one is called the destroying angel oh. it's a beautiful white mushroom mm-hmm. gorgeous i've seen them in the wild before and yes you can touch them there's only a few species that are actually toxic to touch. We don't really have to worry about them here in Missouri. But the destroying angel will kill you. Um, Just from touching it? No, no, from eating it. Like oh, ingestion. I'm sorry right, I didn't right. specify that. My bad. Mm-hmm. But eating a destroying, destroying angel, you'll die. What if you touch it and then put your fingers in your mouth? That I cannot verify, but I'm going to just say don't do that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to... Hop on that and say, don't do that. Can you do tell that. my five-year-old not to do that then? Oh, no. <laughs> um, obviously, if you have any questions about, like, Missouri mushrooms, check out any type of Missouri mycologist society. Mm-hmm. They're usually happy to give you information, photo references, um, going along photo references. Don't trust apps on your phone Oh. when identifying a mushroom. No? The ones that I found in that yard, mm-hmm. it didn't identify them properly. Oh. Yeah, so don't trust apps. There's no good apps for that yet. Okay. Uh, definitely learn the small handful of poisonous ones, and you can 
pretty much navigate through all the other ones. Gotcha. If you learn that small percentage, and it's only like, I think, two or three families of mushrooms. I see. It's very small. Um, other mushrooms you shouldn't eat is a fun little name called LBMs, little brown mushrooms. Okay. I found some before growing out of a little log. It was so cute. Not edible. Like, get sick, go to the hospital for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other ones that people like to find that are little brown mushrooms out in fields. Mm. I will not confirm what they do. I the have ones not... in cow pots? Yes, yes. I have not messed with those, but I have seen them. Mm-hmm. Those are under the category of little brown mushrooms. Uh-huh. They're a do not eat. Okay. Uh, fun saying for those is if it's little and brown, it could put you down. <laughs> it is a fact. <laughs> now, uh, that photo I showed you of the mushrooms I found making that fairy ring, mm-hmm. which we can post on the Facebook page for people to look at, that is called the false parasol um, or green spored lepiota, or the most common favorite name, the vomiter. <laughs> I 100% positively identified that one based on the cap, uh-huh. the gills, yeah. the, the stem, I know it has a different name, the stipe. Uh-huh. And I did a spore print. So I'll take pictures of the spore prints too. And it came out with green spore print. Huh. And they're huge. You can touch them and, you know, play with them. They don't hurt anything like that. Uh-huh. But um, don't eat them. Okay. Uh, I don't want to be too graphic, but don't eat them. Okay. Uh, I don't think they have anyone recorded dying from them, but don't eat them. <laughs> You'll want to be dead. Uh, yeah. They're important though. So hmm. if you do see them growing in their in your yard, what they're doing is eating dead grass. Uh-huh. So the mycelium has decided that there's enough dead grass material that it can fruit successfully mm-hmm. and do its job. Uh, spore prints are probably the best way of identifying them. I see. Because the green spored lepiota is actually copying an edible mushroom called the parasol mushroom. Uh-huh. They look almost the same. But there's some significant differences, especially with the spore prints. Do your own research. Um, I was going to say, I'm going to look up spore print. Oh, they're so cool. They just leave this neat little thin line ring in all these different patterns. What is it? Do you, so do you take cut off the stem and then press it on paper or uh, something? You, or? you take the cap off of the stem. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be perfect, but good yeah. enough. You set it down on white paper and leave it for a couple hours. I left mine for 24 hours. Probably oh, too long. Okay. But just leave it upside down for a couple hours because it's actively releasing spores. Right. Even though you can't see it. Right. And then you just gently take the cap off and you'll have a beautiful mushroom spore print that you can easily identify your mushroom now. I see. Yep. Um, yes. So you can grow your own mushrooms with like cultivating logs or sawdust bags mm-hmm. like i've seen them do and i think the easiest ones that was mentioned to grow are shiitake mm-hmm. mushrooms they're delicious you can dry shiitakes too that's a plus mm-hmm. you can dry them you can jerky them if you've ever had mushroom jerky you know what i'm talking about i think they're the easiest ones to get started nice so you could probably find anything like that online for getting them started and tons of information on how to cultivate them in mass because once they get started you could probably put them next to another log and it'll slowly creep over there and then so on and so forth let's see oh and 
a fun little fact. Like I mentioned in the, you know, the one about bees, about how to store mm-hmm. honey. You know, use glass, not plastic. Well, with mushrooms, store them in a paper bag in the fridge. Oh. They, they like that for some reason. Okay. So. Yeah, I need to start doing that because often they come in these plastic containers again, cling films. They get slimy so quick. I know, they do. Yeah. Uh, brown paper bag is really good huh. for that. Okay, thank you. Yes. Well, I'm sure we're going to have more talk about mushrooms. I love them. Uh, I know. They are, um, well, you know, my good friend James, you know, he, he just gave me a block of mycelium and uh, oh. it's got those pink oyster m- mushrooms in and every once in a while they bloom and I cut a hole in the plastic and spray it with water and then, then they bloom they out. do it again. Yeah. Some so he definitely wants to come on talking about mushrooms. Oh, and yes, definitely. Last week, I mentioned that there was uh, a company doing a uh, research into fungi uh, for helping bees. Yes. Um, the guy's name is Paul Stamets. That's who I was trying to remember. Okay. And his website is uh, Fungi Perfecti or Fungi Perfecti. Um, okay, and you, I think the email was something like um, bees at fungi perfecti, and you get notified then when they get any new developments Ooh. on the old, uh, you know, treatment to help bees. So yeah, that would be great to see. I would yeah. love that. Well, save the bees. Yes, save the bees. Save the mushrooms. <laughs> I think the mushrooms would be fine. Yeah. The mushrooms would be here long after we were gone. Yes, that's yeah. actually very true. I mean, they're here in the beginning and they'll be there at the end. Yeah, I think they're like <laughs> the largest living organism on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or either that's a connection of trees up in Washington, if I remember correctly. But it's dying. It's in danger. Oh. Yeah. Speaking of trees, the, the, the mushroom uh, fellow that I spoke to... Did you know that trees actually use mushrooms the same way we use telephone lines? I... The mycelium, they use it as a communication line between each other. Wow. So you could take an axe to a tree, and the tree will release, like, its panic acid signals. Mm -hmm. And trees, like, miles away will start producing that same acid. No way. Yeah. They talk to each other. Wow. It's wild. I had no idea. Subject for next week, maybe. Yeah, trees talking to each other. Trees talking to each other, yeah. Or trees that are connected under the ground, because there's actually a lot in Missouri that do that. I think it's something to do with these, you know, we don't have a lot of soil. We have like four inches of soil around here. That's true. You know, compared to like, I don't know, back home it's like 12, 14 inches of deep soil. Yeah, it's totally different. We have rocks. (laughs) Yes, we have a lot of rocks. But... um, Anyway, um, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you for listening. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your Sunday or whichever day it is that you're listening to this. And uh, we'll be back next week. Yes, we'll talk about trees and such. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I'll see you.